It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. Noon hour, another warm day in the Red River Valley. Expecting temperatures around 90 or so. Good afternoon. Jack Michaels show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com. I'm Brad Anderson. Jack is uh, on location back in uh, Sioux City. And uh, first off, make sure we're all connected. Hello, sir. Hello. Can you hear me all right? I can, yes. Oh my goodness gracious! I don't even—I don't know which end is up after that marathon and uh, all-night drive. But I'll tell you, yikes! What a ball game last night uh, here in Sioux City, Bradley. That—that uh, that one you only see about once. A, now that I say that, it'll go again tonight. But once a <laughs> once a season, <laughs> one of those last night where everything was emptied out and uh, Chris Coast used all. Everything he had, Steve Montgomery used everything he had. And uh, four hours, 15 minutes, somewhere in that area after an all-night drive of no sleep. Those poor guys, I, I tell you, you lose that one, and it just feels like everything is sucked out of your body, I'm sure. And and now here you do it again. So, yeah, but happy uh, whatever day it is. Wednesday, and I it think. Is it is Wednesday, just... yes. No <laughs> doubt about that. And uh yeah, I, uh, I checked in a couple of different times uh, via audio or video. I saw the a uh, uh, couple of booths over to you. They, uh, there was a window that was busted. Yes, uh, next to next to Dan Vaughn in the uh, radio, the home radio booth there in uh, Sioux City. I saw that, and then just yeah, um, that's one of those games that you don't know, you don't feel always real good about it if you win it, but you feel really worse when you don't. And it just you had to go through, and I mean, how is this going to? affect really both teams going forward here as far as uh, um, setting up the rotation and everything else. But it's uh, it's one of those that uh, just kind of messed it up really for both teams. You nailed it. Yeah, and as that game moved along, and you're right about the window, I'll send you a photo here in a second. I mean, I know that works so well for radio, but I'll send you a photo (laughs) here in a second. um, That window was off a perfect fouled bunt attempt by Alec Olin. Where he just got underneath it, and you figure, uh, figure a fastball, and you bunt it, but you're a little bit underneath, so that that trajectory, it, it actually almost gains speed like a comet, you know, racing. And I knew that baby was going to hit the press box, and I knew it was going to be to my left. And when it hit, it just sounded like a demolition derby, and that window just, psh, we had everything. You know, that was it was quite the deal. And I think some of the glass had, had fallen down on a spectator right below that the the press box so there's no separation you know you're like right on top of the fan so yeah that was yeah i forgot all about that today that was good memory uh you nailed it also the fact that the ripple effect of that game i think the red hawks are going to feel for days um so we'll see how tonight goes obviously if kevin mcgovern goes out and throws nine innings and okay then you recover a little bit but that's not you know you don't want to have to bank on all of that so yeah that i think both and and uh winning a game like that you're right you just take a sigh of relief and then you go all right we're we're, we're spent we got to come back tomorrow you lose it and golly you lose it on the like the red hawks trip that they're on this is going to be a test a, a real big test of, of their fortitude, or you name it, because it has been an exhausting uh, all-night drive stuff, and then you, get, you roll out that and you and you drop a game like that, and Jake Dykoff gets injured right after inning number one, and, and uh, so now the injury bug has really started creeping up again on uh, Fargo-Mord. We'll see, Brad, how long Jakey can go, or what the uh, prognosis is. I, I kind of patted him on the shoulder there in the locker room after the game, and I hope it's a it's something not very major or just a shoulder fatigue or soreness. But, yeah, you know, you got Tyler Grauer who left after the second inning in Winnipeg the other day, felt a little something in the elbow. We hope it's not anything serious. And and the same thing with Jake Dykoff. So 
is that this isn't major league baseball where you just go down as you know brad to the triple a level and grab a couple guys that you need to fill in so uh the challenges are many but all that said, I think the Red Hawks are certainly up for it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see because, yeah, it's, that's a, a very tight race. Well, really, those top four teams, and I you mentioned Sioux Falls, too. You can't really sleep on the Canaries as well. Um, so this next stretch here for the, uh, for the Red Hawks uh, is going to be really interesting probably the next week and a half with a lot of uh, Sioux City and uh, Sioux Falls and then back uh, another trip up north to, uh, to Winnipeg. Uh, some things we'll tackle here later on in the uh, program. We'll hear some comments, of course, Missouri Valley Football Conference Media Day, and we'll do some of this tomorrow as well. But I got some comments, um, some sound bites from Patty Viverito on, on kind of her feelings on NIL. Uh, she was asked about it in a couple different ways. And, um, of course, the seeding process as well. They're going to seed one to uh, uh, how they're going to change the seeding process a little bit in FCS. Uh, the FCS title game staying on Sunday, a few things like that, and head coach Matt Entz as well. And uh, if we got some time, we'll hear from Bubba Schweigert. If not, we'll do it tomorrow. And I'd also like to uh, throw some comments out there with the uh, new coach of the Jackrabbits, uh, Jimmy Rogers, taking over for us. Yeah. If we got some time, we'll maybe. Uh, uh, if we got some time today, if not, we will do that. Um, we will do that tomorrow. Also tomorrow on the program, of course, it's um, fan sponsoring uh, the Red Hawks. Uh, the first pitch, we need a we need a ceremonial first pitch thrower, and we'll see if we can find one tomorrow. So do keep that in mind. Um, oh, nice. We'll put that in there. We'll we'll throw we'll get you some tickets, and uh, if you want to be you or maybe one of your kids or grandkids uh, to throw out the first pitch at Sunday's Red Hawks game, a one o'clock first pitch. But you need to be there a little bit beforehand, of course. But uh, we'll do that tomorrow and see if we can uh, hook somebody up with uh, with that. So. Uh, twelve oh seven. A couple of other things. Nice win for the Twins last night. Pablo Lopez pitched well. Uh, twins won a couple of key challenges. Uh, one that might have uh, saved them a run. There was a. Um, you probably didn't see the play. There was a play at first. Uh, Jorge Polanco had thrown thrown a ball away, and uh, runner for the Cardinals had gotten all the way to third. Although they found out uh, he had missed first base, they appealed and they said it, no, and the twins elected to challenge that. And it proved that he had missed first base. And there was another call. They actually had, they got to two, uh, they got two challenges right last night. That probably saved him a run, but, uh, all in all a good performance. I think a lot of people talking about, um, what the twins didn't do at the right. trade deadline. They, uh, they stood pat. And, you know, in our conversation with Dick Bremer yesterday, and, and we were, we've been kind of knocking it around, Brad, and, and uh, I, I like we laid out. I, I guess when you're Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, and and whether you want to want to dig down deep and 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 maybe dilute some of your your minor league system and and up and comers to uh, trade, the, who's it going to be for? Who would really come in and be able to boost this team over the top, or can they reach the division championship, win the pennant? You know, and, and with the club that they got and moving on, I bet you they really knocked around a lot of things and said, you know, let's just get a little healthier and stand pad. So everybody, every fan probably wants your team to make that big splash. You know, even in the American, even in the Indie Ball American Association, you look mm-hmm. and it's been going on. Even back in the Northern League, you know, we're like, oh, Mexican League, uh, you know, is breaking up. Oh, of course, you know. You know, Kansas City got this guy. Why didn't we get him? Or, of course, you know, Winnipeg got this guy. How come we didn't get it? But so it's very common, you know, that, that fans, but uh, those guys get paid a lot of money to make those decisions, and I'm sure they were value, they were, they were evaluating their their options and availability and whatnot and, and maybe thinking, well, this this our team. This, uh, this We don't have to make the big splash. You know, they weren't going to sign Shohei Otani. You know that probably, and uh, and now they go to bat for the uh, with with the with the club that they got this morning on KFGO. I I told Dan Michaels and Doug Lear because we were talking about the Central and how many games wins it. You know, we kind of revised our thoughts, and and I told them, whatever year George Michaels' faith was released, and turns out that was 1987. So that's my new number, Brad, 87. <laughs> You gotta have faith. <laughs> well, let me uh, find a quote here. A couple of quotes from Derek Falvey on it, and um, actually, we'll get to we'll fire this one up here first. But you know, I got the feeling what Cleveland traded their shortstop, and they traded one of their top pitchers in Aaron in uh, in Aaron Savali. So you think about well, that. 
Um, so that's one move there. Um, the the Twins, I don't know. And Dick Bramer made the comment with Roy Smalley. Roy Smalley was on the uh, the broadcast last night and made kind of made the point of kind of said, you know, it, do you want to give up Royce Lewis to get like Teoscar Hernandez from the Mariners, for example? Is that something that, you know, is that, is that going to help you? It might help you for two months. Is it going to help you in the long run? And, and I, and I think that's kind of sharing the sentiment of what Felvey did as well. But here's uh, Derek Felvey's uh, comment here about uh, the response to the fans. If they're frustrated with the twins, not making any moves. What I would say to fans and what I feel in this group is that, we believe this roster is capable of continuing to compete for this AL Central Championship and ultimately beyond. I think the, the, the what I get out of that is the roster is good enough to win this division. I don't know if it's good enough to do much more than that as it stands. Yeah, the and beyond. I almost uh, almost Buzz Lightyear that a little bit from our good friend Derek Family, but uh, yeah, that that's that's kind of the. The flavor, the the central division, I, you know, define, you know, beyond obviously means going that next level and, and you know, going all the way through and is it is it World Series uh, winning um, team? Is is that what this team is? Is it is it got enough to win a World Series? Ultimately, Brad, you know, that's the goal. I mean, it's not the goal anymore this year for the Cardinals and a number of other teams, uh, but, but those that are contention, it should be the goal, right? And I like Derek and Thad. We've had him on so many times and kind of joked, and, and they have built teams. You see the, the 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 track record maybe in Cleveland and what they've done before. Smart guys. They understand numbers and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, if you're not in contention uh, for – if you feel you're not in contention for a World Series, then – you know, then then you do what teams do. But if you feel you are, not just division, but if you feel you, shouldn't that be the thought? And I guess if if that's the thought, you know, you know, what eggs do you put in a basket to put you over the top to win beyond just a divisional championship? And and I mess my guess is fans are probably wondering, you know, did we do anything? Did we attempt to do anything other than swap some relievers? You know. That, that the Twins did before the deadline, you know. So I guess, you know, if, if, if Derek and, and, and they feel like this is the club that's got enough to, to win the division and beyond, um, uh, so be it. I, I, I would love to see that. Would love nothing more than that, Brad, but I just wonder if, if that's the – the inconsistencies have got to clean up. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I think uh, they've they've underperformed. I mean, in, in yeah. some of your your highest paid guys, uh, C. Correa, B. Buxton, looking at your uh, your general direction here, yeah. um, the, the roster just has underperformed, and and I'm sure the feeling was, who are we going to get that's better than what we have right now? I mean, there's some guys that have you know you hope that Lewis Royce Lewis comes back. Uh, kind of read him with Alex Clear, uh, Alex Kirilov. That might be, I don't know. That might be a month. Um, I got to take the ten days right now on the uh, injured list for sure with the shoulder, and um, so we'll see. I mean, it's, but I mean, I, if they can get the and they get all the pieces back in place. They've got Thielbar back. Um, sounds like Brock Stewart's taking a little bit of a setback. I guess I would have liked to have seen them find a bullpen arm somewhere. Maybe another left-hander somewhere. Uh, uh, Chafin was a Guy from the Diamondbacks that was available. He landed in Milwaukee. He might have been a guy that fit. You know, something comparable to what they did with not so much with Lopez last year, but what they did with Michael Fulmer when they got him at the uh, at the deadline. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, when when <laughs> when this be something, and I don't know where you stand on if you feel you should know governments all the government secrets going on, or like Texas Hold'em when you watch that ESPN, they show you what the whole cards are that right. little microphone. Uh, could you imagine like? If you were privy or fans were privy to all of the offers that that uh, to a GM or, or or an operations guy that came in closing in on the deadline to baseball, if that was like open records and and uh, and just the absolute, you know, wow, why would you pull that trigger, you know, that kind of thing? Because I'd imagine Brad, that there were probably a suitor or two either knocking or a, a player availability. 
uh, that they were interested in that, that we maybe never will really know fully about that 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 option was weighed and and either you know discounted or was weighed and, and pulled the trigger with the twins I, I'm just curious maybe what what there was there uh, the, the oppor- the options there and why you know the triggers weren't pulled to make those moves so that w- I'd be curious about you know that the fun life of a GM and baseball ops guy but obviously those and those things are kept secret for a reason, and we all don't get to see all that all the time. But I'd be curious what, what the Twins had an opportunity to do. Well, uh, one other uh, Twins known here, kind of a minor note, Dallas Keuchel has opted out of his minor league deal with the Twins. Uh, Minnesota now a couple of days to decide whether they're going to act uh, add him to the active roster or release him. So we'll see. His number's okay at AAA. The ERA is pretty good, 1.13, six starts, 32 innings. Uh, strikeout rate about 21%, uh, 9% walk rate. He's never really been a strikeout pitcher. He's uh, He gets you lots of ground balls. Um, but you look at, like, his hits and walks, I think 32 innings, I think his hits and walks total, I think we're around 40. At AAA is, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's enough there to bring him up and uh, maybe do – Maybe to the 40-man, he could be a long reliever, maybe a spot starter, something like that. But I don't know if there's if there's anything else I could really do with him, and there's much left in the tank. Yeah, there is some man. He's been around a while. There's been some availability there. But maybe if he showed that, it, 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 you know, and those weren't terrible numbers that you threw out. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, not a grasping for a particular old veteran diamond in the rough uh, straw, but, yeah, it it sounds and those guys have deals. They got to make you know fish or cut bait with them once they they put guys like that on. So that doesn't uh, I guess doesn't shock me that that and he's probably going to be released. I I was just looking at is there a Browns Jets football game tonight, Brad? I think is it the Hall of Fame? Is it? Wait, oh, that's fame. tomorrow. Tomorrow is that tomorrow? I believe tomorrow. Hello. Here we go. Yes. How about that, huh? <laughs> I was just looking at like my big board schedule going, I got NFL. I'm like, is there a there's an NFL Hall of Fame game tomorrow, yep. the preseason? Yep, wow. Yep, it is right on us. It is. No no question about that. Uh Text Club question today. I, I saw this story as well, and I know uh, uh I think Barrera was talking about it yesterday. Anthony Edwards just out of the blue is changing his jersey number. What? Yes, the uh, Timberwolves uh, standout is going from number one to number five. <laughs> Kyle Anderson yeah. is going to be number one, so they're basically switching out numbers. So the text club question is: Name, how about your athlete that that you um, that you remember most that had a number change? I think a lot of people maybe look at Michael Jordan when he came sure. back. Uh, there might be a few others as well. I have another one too that uh, that I'm thinking of a a, a twin that did it uh, when he first came up compared to an, a very well known twin that might be a possibility. But yeah, he's it's all of a question. sudden just switching it up. He's going to be number five, Kyle Anderson, number one for the Woofies. What uh, most recognizable athlete do you recall that that had a number change um, or you knew? I like that at three five two seven zero. I've got one in the back of my head, too, that I'll, I'll share because he happened to be uh, my favorite NBA player. And he's not Michael Jordan, and it's not LeBron James. And there's a few names out there. That's a good uh, That's a good question. Yeah, because I, I think my response that I'm thinking is has a number changed because he went from one for the – yeah. Yeah, I love how I think out loud, Brad. Yeah, I had to. Oh, I, I think to... I think I know who you speak of. <laughs> yes, right. An L.A. Laker. No, 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 no. Oh, not this that one. Been, uh, this might have been a little bit of the uh, the ABA. Into oh, the okay. NBA and oh, oh, I know. Oh, I think I know who you speak of. There, uh, <laughs> Texter says, and he's reading my mind. I believe Justin Morneau, and that's the one I'm thinking of. He was number Good 20. Call. He was number 27 when he first came up with the Twins, and. Uh, ended up being number 33. I'll give you a Viking that uh, you might have forgot about. Robert Smith was number 20 when he, I believe, his rookie season, maybe into his second year, and then, of course, became 26. 
That's good. Then some of those minor leaguers were number 85 uh, before. <laughs> right. <laughs> number 97. At 97. And then they made the the 40 man. They made the team. Then they got called up. And then there were three. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a good question today. I think I think there's a few. I, I'm pretty sure the guy I'm thinking is uh, had a, was a was a 32 to a single digit. Oh, I know you. I know who you speak of. I'll let now you. you know. I'll okay, let you. Uh, I'll let you spill the beans on that. One. That you know what? That would be a great. That would be a. I mean, it's a good name game, but that'd be good on uh, like a test in school. This would be if I was a teacher. My test would be maybe a little bit odd edge with yours. It would be you'd have a number. You'd be like, you know, so and so to so-and-so space you know you just have the number to number blank you know that, that would be my quiz you right. Know, right there be like 32 to 6 equals mm, that name yeah that's boy you just oh i'm gonna jot that down that's gonna be a good uh, good game uh so we're gonna hear from patty yes and uh, and and matt and uh boy the buys and i'm sure are geared up to go and uh and uh, this this whole fcs playoff um you know who gets you know buys, mm-hmm. and uh, the regionalization of, right. of the FCS playoffs are always have always been a topic of conversation, especially when Valley teams, as you know, Brad, got so uh, uh, you know the, the, screamed out that well, this isn't exactly fair. We play this team, you know, X number of times. I mean, we can, you know, I get the regionalization, but uh, you know, so that that has been a thing. The reduction of you know, what everybody's talking about increase of the reduction of playoff teams has always been, you know, let's condense it more and just get that cream of that proverbial, say, 16 crop as opposed to a 24, yep. you know, and then no, let's leave it at 24, but let's, you know, seed out, you know, 16 teams and right. have eight going, you know, all this. Right. So they, they, everybody's always looking for a way, you know, uh, uh, to, to make it uh, A, extremely competitive, B, to have you know, you can't guarantee different opponents sometimes if the same teams are making, you know, the, the field. But, you know, there's that. And then, you know, with always the geographical. So I'm, I'm good to hear from yes. from Patty and, and certainly Matt. She's got some, uh, she has some um, some feelings on NIL, too, I think are, are worth a listen as well. So uh, we'll uh, we'll hear some of that. And then we'll hear from Matt Ends coming up as well. We'll have more of this tomorrow as well on the, uh, on the program. Twins and the Cardinals tonight. It sounds like there is a... Threat of some rain. They've gotten some heavy rain kind of in and around St. Louis, but not. Uh, we'll see if they uh, get the game in tonight. But uh, I know there is some rain. I was kind of looking at the radar, too. There's wasn't anything right in St. Louis proper, but kind of around it. So we'll see uh, if that game gets in tonight as well. Jack and Sioux City right inside the Gunderson Jewelers Studios. OMG. Oh, my Gundersons. You can uh, check them out downtown and West Fargo as well. Back with more of the Jack Michaels Show in just a moment on The Fan. Twelve twenty-seven on the Jack Michaels show. I have some. Uh, some uh, it has gone final, Jack. Your, oh, your, your keyboards fell short. Ten-five to Lincoln today out in uh, Rapid City. That is game one of the Central Plains Regional Tournament. Uh so they're gonna, as I like to call, find their way back through the wrestlebacks. Yes, as right. we like to say. <laughs> yes. In the, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln, a good club. That was a. That was a bright and early uh, little. Was that the first game of that the That was the game tournament? one, yes. So that would have been, I believe, 10? 9 30, maybe? Yeah, I think, think 9 30, Mountain, 10 30, our time. Yeah. Yeah, 10 30 Central. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, But speaking of which, I, I said that's a, it's a pretty full side of the state of South Dakota with the bike rally. <laughs> no kidding. The, and I saw some motor, some cycles. Well, first of all, it was like. <laughs> Late night last night, I was coming to the hotel after running an errand with Tom Hoskins, and like midnight, one o'clock, and we pull in, and and uh, Robbie Lopez getting a breath of fresh air outside the hotel. This is what you do: you just wind, you know, you just wander outside your hotel in the middle of the night uh, after playing all night and and all that. And I saw these big motorbikes, you know, big cycles outside the uh, the hotel where we're at in Sioux City, and I I yelled at Robbie. I went. What is 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 Ponch and, and uh, are chips here? It looked like those big motorcycle cop bikes. Ponch you know? and John, or uh, Ponch and John. <laughs> yeah, and Robbie's like, 
bike rally, man. They're heading over there. I said, yeah, tonight you got the, you know, in Sturgis, you got that going on, and then the Central Plains. My guess is uh, Western South Dakota is uh, good. Post 2 is St. Michael, post 567, I see, Brad. That, that'll be uh, coming up next. And Eden Prairie, you know, in action after that. There's really some, these are some good recognizable teams i'm familiar that elkhorn waterloo yep. uh, nebraska team is, is good and then post 22 which has been you know i was trying to explain this to guys that that are playing pro ball you know that that didn't have legion growing up they just basically had club they didn't have legion baseball they you know and that's not uncommon or team they're parts of this world that country that that don't you know and uh i was trying to explain to them post 22 and the legacy of 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 you know that legendary successful program you know dave plouffe for how many years that that was the, that guided that uh, that 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 system so i was i, I said rapid city post 22 have been like the almost the the yankee feel for those in our upper midwest that that you know played legion baseball like they were the staple you know of of, of that and uh I, I don't know what their record is this year i i'm not sure but Obviously, anytime they're in a tournament and it's in their backyard, that's always got to be a, yeah. a a problem. I was uh, I have a, a good friend of mine that was a roommate in college at Concordia. He uh, works in uh, TV TV sports in Rapid City, and he has followed that program very closely. And said um, he didn't think the either South Dakota team was real strong. He said that probably is his twenty twos. Uh, probably is their worst team. He says in the fifteen years well, he's been there, they are the host team. They were up here. Four hundred got them to come up here and play. I think Father's Day weekend. I wasn't able to. I was out of town that weekend, so I wasn't able to go watch. I kind of wanted to, but uh, I, I think that for a lot of Legion programs, that is the one. Yes. Um, I can speak for a couple of them that uh, that I know that really speak that, that that's who they want to emulate themselves after. If I'm not mistaken, you know when we played them, they wore uh, they wore helmets, not like to bat. I'm talking about they wore helmets. You know, they, they just this. You know, like the, the John Olerud, you know, on the base pass. Now, John wore a helmet for a reason, but, I mean, mm-hmm. like like they were always the trend-setting team post-20. Like, oh, we should do that. You know, the, that was a team. So I'd heard that, too. Maybe they're they're not quite as strong as they were before. I'll tell you who's, you know, post-2 has got a real shot. Do they not, Brad? This, oh, this so, team's yeah. got This team's got a shot here, Luke Rusted's team. Yes, and uh, yeah, because he was asking me about uh, post two, and he says he heard a lot about Charlie Kalbrenner, and I said, I'll tell you what, yep. he's he's a terrific pitcher. You know, they had to shut him down a little bit uh, last year; didn't pitch a whole lot. Um, got a chance to see him a couple of times. One at the uh, high school state tournament for North, and then um, late in the season as well. And you know, he can hit. He had two uh, two home run game in the uh, state tournament against West Fargo, and. You know, you got uh, you got the line you got the Lininger boys and Zach Lamont's a very solid. I mean, yeah, I think they are. If they if they you know pitching in defense, and I think they've got enough offense to get it done, um, they, they certainly could make a run. I don't I can't see why they couldn't. So yeah, Charlie's a ball player, but you know his dad Jason. I've been in touch for many many times. His dad had a cup of coffee with the Red Hawks, Jason, and he certainly has been a <laughs> the kids. He has Ava, his sister, is a tremendous uh, all round just. Uh, ball player too and then charlie watching these young you know i stephen montgomery's uh boy tevin i remember before he was born you know and and now tevin has has worked his way up you know and now heading to oregon state uh to to play baseball and uh, throws the ball extremely well big like and tall like his daddy and and, uh doing it and and charlie we saw too kind of develop in that from that long lanky kind of a effective as a little leaguer you know as a 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old now here he is several years later and has developed into a a full-fledged legitimate big time d1 type prospect um uh so that was it and then on another note you just jarred my memory on you know so the red hawks have have uh you know they've, they've made some moves and whatnot i'm sure more you know we'll see how they do it but I tell you who I kind of like, Brad, and, and I wish I – I mean, I got to see a little bit of him at NDSU. But the Red Hawks have a, an infielder, Peter Brookshaw, who has, um, you know, got a little bit of time, and certainly as as dings happen and injuries happen, he's getting some more time. Man alive, I like this young man as a ball player. <laughs> he's going to be a good – and then I didn't realize this, 
that uh, I was sitting with our athletic trainer in the dugout yesterday, and, and we were talking about Peter. He's a Wisconsin boy, and, and our, our trainer, Tom, says, look at this. There's a high school video of him uh, hitting the game-winning shot uh, to win an, a Wisconsin state title at, at the Kohl Center in, in Madison. He was, uh, and I was like, wow, that kid can ball. And Peter comes to the dugout. And I, I think, you know, you sat down with Dave Richmond a little bit yesterday. I think Dave may have even, I, I would not be surprised if Dave maybe asked him if he could, you know, be a two-sport guy because I, Peter came and I said, Peter, I didn't realize what a what a hoop player you were. He goes, oh, yeah, that was my sport. He goes, yeah, Wisconsin wanted me to to walk on, but I, I wanted to go to bed. I'm like, holy cow, the badger. I'm like, okay, so the kid can hoop a little bit. Yes. But this, this is a good young athlete uh, for, for, for the – Red Hawks that uh, might never been those diamonds in the rough uh, as as he moves forward in his pro career. But I thought that was a neat story about. It. So if people are tuning in and they hear uh, Peter Brookshaw, uh, that uh, know that this young this young man's a baller. Then of course Sam Dexter came in because Sam we were going to challenge a game of horse between the two, and that then that led to a whole other thing and got going. But yeah, that just a little plug in for. Uh, for Peter today, and uh, Red Hawks may be relying on him more than they more than they know. You never know. Yeah, that's very true. Got a few uh, few uh, that have chimed in on the text of the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards and Kyle Anderson are switching numbers as Ant will be number five next season for the Wolves, and Kyle Anderson number one is a name your uh, your athletes that uh, did number changes. And a uh, I had to kind of do some fact-checking on this between the break. Hank Aaron wore number five his rookie season before he went to his iconic number 44. 44, wow. Oh, yeah, to that point, mine was, and you guessed it, I uh, Julius Serving, I'm pretty sure, was 32 for the Nets and then switched six. to six. Yep, that's correct. Yep. That that was my guy, Julius Serving. That's, that's, so that was who I was thinking of. Kobe Bryant from 8 to 24 is one I thought of. That's very, very solid uh, call on that. You know, the big men, I was thinking of a big man just escaped me over there. You know, we see it more in basketball, do we not, than than baseball. Oftentimes, athletes pay lots of money to get their numbers uh, a chance. So I'm curious with – Anderson and, and Anthony Edwards, if if one wanted the if other, some money being exchanged, right, right? And judging by the latest contract signed by one of those guys, <laughs> if Ant's he got, wanted a number, Ant's got a few extra, yeah, a few bucks there. He's got some disposable income. Yes, if he wanted, if he had his heart set on five, what's it worth to you know that kind of thing, right? Uh, here's one too. I and I remember this now. I, I now it kind of jogs my Barry Bonds wore number seven when he first came up with the Pirates. Then went to 24 because of his uh, godfather, Willie Mays, and then when he switched to 25 because of dad. That's a good call. Totally forgot about that. Barry Bonds saw his brother play in Fargo, North Dakota, and Bobby was there at uh, Jack Williams Stadium Mm -hmm. uh, in the 1983 Legion Baseball World Series. For those that want a little, little history Walk down history uh, lane there, and uh, yeah, Bobby Barnes was uh, was in Fargo, and I forget the the brother, but yeah, I remember remember them being in Fargo. Uh, let's see here, we've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's changing numbers with the Jets. Did he wear number eight in college? Is that why he's going? He's going back to that. Yeah, I believe that's uh, that's it. And new change of scenery. Um, yeah, it's a good question today. Uh, the most famous. Number changes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, no. I was gonna go with Danny White, but I don't know if he had. Uh, I think he was eleven the whole time. Obscure quarterback, Dallas Cowboys reference, and punter. Thank you very much. That's right. He was a punter. It <laughs> both never came off the field. Just third down, didn't make it. Stay in there and punt the ball. That's that's what uh, they did on that. I did not now, know that. Here's another one I did not know until I was looking it up. Mickey Mantle, of course, you think of number seven. Sure. Started as number six. Why did Mick, well, I mean, seven's one of those numbers. Um, I wonder what the uh, reason was with that, Brad. Uh, the reason there, here's a good, Mickey Mantle was given six as a rookie with the Yankees to be in line with Ruth, Gehrig, and DiMaggio. 
Three, sure. four, five. Three, four, five. Sent to the miners. Let's give a number seven, and they say the rest is history. So there you go. I'll be darned. There you go. There's your story. Always the story behind numbers. Yes. It's always a, <laughs> always the story behind numbers. The number is the. That's why I always like when, when, uh, when, when we sometimes have time to, to open up numbers talk on the show, and I always liken it like if the if the Powerball got to you know couple billion dollars yep. but you only chose your numbers by the greatness five of the greatest numbers ever to be worn in sport plus a powerball that is one of the greatest numbers to be worn in sport that's when we always ask that question what numbers would you choose <laughs> that would be the greatest numbers to win the greatest powerball so it's like that then that that is the unanswerable question because you know one of the five greatest numbers in sport. One of the five greatest numbers in sport, and a, and a Powerball. So one of the six greatest numbers in sport. Which one are you using you for the Powerball? Yeah, yeah. Well, start splitting Technically, then. you'd have to you have to take away the ninety nines and all that. And, yeah. But but I mean you know I, I that that is an argument that I I don't know is a winnable one. I think we could narrow that down. Speaking of your numbers thing today, and athletes who have changed numbers, but. You know, my my guess is twenty three is probably in there. Um, I would think my so. guess three is probably in there. You got a lot of threes, a lot of single digit numbers. I would yeah, think. I mean, yeah, it's the greatest number. Thirty two might be another one because you could go. My guess thirty two and maybe even a twelve or yeah. a seven. You know, you know. So, well, maybe it's not a tough question at all, Brad. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's pretty pretty similar like that. The local uh, one that we got to text uh, Ryan Smith when he was with the Bison wore twenty four, and then he switched to four. Uh, so there you go. That's pretty good. That's yeah. not a bad one. Good all stuff. Right. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more. We'll hear some uh, sounds from Missouri Valley Football Conference Day uh, yesterday as uh, the coaches and Commissioner Patty Viverito. Uh, some comments from them coming up next on the Jack Michael Show. Well, Brad, you ready for uh, for FCS football coming up uh, shortly? The days are winding down, so it, it is a succession, isn't it, Brad? Of mm-hmm. of, uh, of of you get you, you get you get a little scuttle. Maybe you see some movement. Maybe you see you know the recruiting trail. You can see commitments being shown on social media. Then you start inching a little bit more. You got weight room footage, and guys are working out. And then you kind of get a little bit more. And then camp opens up in the fall, and practice sessions begin and then you get a little bit more then you have media day and you hear from all the coaches and all that then they more practice going on and then boom the season starts we're right there between that that media day and the season starts right Brad? yep yeah they basically about a month window maybe a little bit less for some if there are games uh fair teams playing on uh, week zero perhaps so uh missouri valley football conference uh, media day yesterday as uh uh we'll get some comments here from uh, commissioner patty viverito and first off um, she was asked about NIL and uh, how it's, you know, on the FCS level and at the Power Five level. Well, I think NIL is fine, and um, having student athletes benefit financially from those arrangements is fine. What currently is occurring at the FBS level, especially at the Power Five, it's not NIL; it's pay for play, and um, it's it's tampering and it's cheating and it's it's madness. Um, so I am hopeful, and um, with Charlie Baker as our new executive director of the NCAA and his already good work with Congress, um, gives us a chance for some congressional intervention that will bring some sanity to this landscape. Um, if that doesn't happen, um, I know that the NCAA, and, and we have Charlie pledging this, that we will come up with an NCA solution if Congress doesn't intervene. So you can expect there to be some guardrails, some sanity imposed on the NIL landscape. And um, again, I hope by the time uh, we're more directly impacted that, it will be a much saner environment that we're currently in, under. Hmm. We need Congress uh, to get into this? <laughs> what? So here's, yeah, here's my first response to be like, so how do you really feel, Patty? I mean, there's no question about how how she feels. When Bill Chaves came on, Bill was kind of almost echoing that same sentiment. Uh, so those out there, Brad, feel like they're 
Like the, the this is equivalent to you know when when the movie City Slickers when they went out to herd up all those cows that got away. That's what they're trying to do is is get all that everything that's left the barn from the NIL perspective and bring that together in a more. I love Patty's use of the word sane, sanely way. You know that's you know that's that's basically what she's saying. And yeah, getting Congress involved in that. So. Yeah, the structures and uh, what what they're able to do um, <laughs> from the NIL. Yeah, but again, it what did we think was going to happen, right? What did we think was going to happen? Yeah, so I is, love that. Yeah, I love like, that cut. People act surprised. It's like, this is exactly how we thought it was going to happen. Here's a follow-up on that. I think that any conversations about guardrails and how we're going to treat NIL um, need to be managed at, 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 at the national level and even the congressional level before anything that we could do would have any permanence to it. And right now, what I'm seeing happening in our space is uh, collectives and NIL in, in, you know, interactions that are well within uh, the spirit of NIL. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm not concerned of what's happening at our level right now. I'm concerned about the trickle-down effect if we don't get it fixed at a higher level. Well said. Yep, and, and we heard yesterday from... Uh, you had uh, sound sitting down with uh, with with Matt Larson mm-hmm. and 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 got a coach Dave Richmond to talk about what what uh, Jay Barley has started with a the fundraiser an arm for North Dakota State and, and that's what she was certainly talking to uh, there that she likes those those avenues that uh, that help whether it be based on academic performance allotments and and other uh, uh, contributions made by fans that are managed and earmarked and done in a way that doesn't seem as um oh collectively loose that uh, that, that that provide an, a serious uh, advantage for some of those power teams uh uh brad i mean my mm-hmm. you've seen some of the numbers on you know what she's getting at some of the numbers is just off the charts and these schools we're not talking you know a million or two dollars here on some of these. We're talking about just huge, huge numbers that uh, make it pretty advantageous for the student-athlete uh, to be uh, switch schools, per se, and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, good luck, I guess. And Patty's right. You know, you, you can't, you know, you can't have this uh, – this this thing at the, at the at the FCS level uh, where you're doing things the right way, which they are, you know, and it sounds like uh, certainly Brad, and then have the top be just absolutely running rampant, right? You know that that has to happen from the head down uh, as far as the the strength the the big conferences. So thus, <clears throat> yeah, I guess things like that need to need to get Congress involved as well as the NCAA. Well, and at the FCS level, what? I mean, there's going to be the, the 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 top and the bottom. You know what, uh, NDSU or a Montana. I don't know what Montana State. I'm assuming they have some kind of NIL, just for example, compared to right. what Western Illinois is going to give you, or uh, you right. know, uh, or Southern Illinois or Missouri State or something along those lines. Yeah, there's 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 Elon Musk wealth and and uh, Sam Walton wealth, and there's then there's the other ones on that. So, yeah, good good stuff from the commissioner right there, and and that's what I like about Patty too, Brad, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Patty Vibrito. Uh, she is she's so good at the role that she's in. Uh, she answers direct. There's an honesty about her. There, she just answers herself directly. She gives the sentiment and the feeling. I, 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 I really a good. Good person to have in that role. Uh, she uh, was uh, asked about the, uh, the the seating process now and uh, trying to make some changes on that in FCS. Um, I would be more frustrated if I thought they were singling out FCS enhancements uh, in this way, but that's not the case. Um, basically, we had all the championship enhancements put on hold um, for financial reasons. Um, this happens to be the year in the... Uh, the men's basketball contract uh, for the NCAA, where revenue is flat. And so they had very little uh, money to, to, uh, to manage uh, any kind of enhancements. And rather than pick and choose one or two championships, um, they've opted to just put it on hold. But again, um, try to be patient. Um, a year ago, this wasn't even a glimmer of hope. And so if we have to wait another year, we have to wait another year. Okay, and talking about you know everything geared towards the dollars and 
And interesting about the the, the flat regarding uh, basketball, Brad. I that wonder, was surprising. Yes. Yeah, because that uh, you know those those deals and you know those certainly the the TV contracts that start with a B, not an M. You know, always has been uh, uh, in the, in the major scene uh, a good trickle down and a very lucrative. Uh, we're running just fine. So that yeah, that was I'm curious. It was interesting to hear those those words. Uh, Patty uh, was asked about uh, for the second straight year the FCS title game uh, was uh, will be played on Sunday as it was this past year with the Bison and the Jacks. Uh, I think probably to a mixed response from uh, from FCS football fans, but uh, got them on ABC, got them on national television, and sound like it's happening again here for uh, this uh, this go round. What I can tell you is that when um, ESPN met with the commissioners in June, um, it was clear that they have lots of enthusiasm for putting this event on, on a major channel. And they, um, they've moved uh, a couple of NCAA championships and we are among those. And so I take this as a sign of great respect um, for our championship and what it brings to their network. Um, being up against the NFL is not ideal, but we're gonna be up against the NFL wherever we put that game, unless we go to a Friday evening. And um, ESPN just quite frankly, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't willing to go there, uh, nor was Frisco, our host, all that enthusiastic about a Friday night championship. And so, um, knowing that it you know it's, it's not ideal, every single option that we had had its pluses and minuses. And I think being on ABC is is certainly one of the one of the real feathers in the championships cap. This might be here to stay for a while. I think so, and and uh, dictated obviously by television and by them and and you know uh, patty said you know wherever we put it you know we're going to be up against something and you know sunday the nfl is such a juggernaut you have two schools one from brookings one from fargo a year ago uh you know let's not kid ourselves brad as big as that is in in where we live you know someone from hoboken new jersey locking in on on a sunday going oh i gotta watch that game you know that that it begins gets to be a little bit niche too for the fcs level of the teams that follow that program uh so you know to me you know the the more exposure i guess on a national stage on that particular day it's an alternative for others that that can take it in and and maybe consistency by having consistency it becomes a thing you know on top of everything else you know and then we're seeing more players uh, find themselves to the NFL from FCS teams so you know the consistency of being in Frisco the consistency I guess now of, of having the game on a Sunday you know maybe it, it, it starts garnering more attraction and attention uh, never going to beat the NFL I mean unless it's just you know two really poor teams playing on a national uh, uh, scene on that but you know what? I, I guess the the strive, if that is consistent, and that's what you do it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm for that. Even though there certainly are, you know, better days to be playing on a than a Sunday, Brad. I think that's what the fans have also voiced. Uh, year just seems like odd, like you just throwing it, as opposed to isolating it and highlighting it as the main feature. You're kind of throwing it in the lion's den against National Football League. But I do like consistency. You know, the Legion World Series, Brad, as you know, used to rotate, you know, three different teams, Boyertown, Corvallis, and Fargo. And now they have it, you know, and Shelby has been kind of the main mainstay going on. And, and, you know, I guess with Frisco, them getting that contract, and uh, the, the consistency is, is pretty good about that. So I like that. Uh, yes, and I would imagine from the uh, Frisco standpoint, with the uh, the convention and visitors bureau, if you can have uh, you can have business throughout the weekend uh, instead of uh, they play Friday night, people start leaving Saturday. Um, that's taking a few dollars out of the pocket of that uh, of the yeah. uh, of the businesses in that community. Uh, one final comment here: um, Commissioner was asked about with you know expansion and and especially at the Power Five conferences where geography doesn't seem to be an issue. Uh, would there be expansion, at least in the front burner, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference? We haven't had those conversations. Um, if we need to, uh, we will. Um, I think that the presidents have been really clear, really for the last three decades, about what this league is about in terms of its vision and mission. And it's always been about being 
the best FCS conference in the, in the Midwest and to sort of own that space uh, regionally and be recognized and competitive nationally. Um, you know, we don't have the revenue uh, coming in that could support uh, that kind of national coast-to-coast -coast, uh, environment uh, that exists and is going to exist uh, probably even more so in the Power Five conferences. They pay the bills differently than we do. And there's uh, some sanity in staying in, 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 a, in a time zone that makes sense, in a geography that makes sense for travel, and an and opportunity for our fans to travel to, to, to watch these games. Well, I'm taking the answer is no. <laughs> so what you're saying is that uh that no that that's it you know wanting to be the best yeah you know you look at uh, at various um uh, conferences and there has been shifting uh some of that dictated of course by the move to to fbs uh around there so yeah it's a good question but yeah i'm, I'm you don't want to just add to me that means you don't want to add for the sake of adding you, you'd rather be, uh, you know, a full, you know, got enough teams in a conference and fully strong and, and hearty and, and, and vying for national titles and have that reflect back on your conference than just, you know, oh, let's take them in. Let's take them in. Let's grow this to a super uh, a super Valley conference. And, and uh, I don't know if that's that that would be the answer either. But, you know, also, you know, I'd be more concerned about departures than arrivals. Let's put it that way. Yes, on, I would. Uh, in, in I would right, say Brad? so. I would. Yes, yeah. I would say so. And uh, that's uh, very, very well stated in that uh, in that comment. Um, I would see St. Thomas once they, uh, you know, kind of can build up that football program. They would be a perfect fit yeah. in there once they uh, do their time with the Pioneer Conference. So, yeah, but they got that, the would, that would take care of a few things. They, yeah, facilities. They've transitioned well, uh, but boy, that's uh, that's quite the quite the story on, on their transition. Good stuff. Um, tonight, we'll see what the Red Hawks do. I'd imagine that I already see two new names on the on the group list, Brad. So tune in tonight. There's more and more players coming. The Red Hawks had to had to had to add some, and then the Twins see if they can get two in in hot St. Louis. If like a Twister doesn't happen or storms or whatever's <laughs> happening in St. Louis. And then we'll hear from, I'm sure, Matt Entz tomorrow, as you said. And, yep, and, uh, yep. And we'll have Matt Entz and uh, some comments from Bubba Schweigert as well as uh, both the uh, Fighting Hawks and Bison kicking off fall camp this week. Jack, have a good call. We will talk to you tomorrow. All right, brother. We'll see you later tonight. All right. Commons next.